Cute outfits, cool cards, and catastrophic spirits. We had Lauren watch Card Captor Secure, and we're here to answer the question Was it a Kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, Weave of All Trades, and your hot older brother, PJ. And me, Skylar, guardian of the cloud cards. And joining us today is our dear friend, my co-host from the Talking Tad podcast and anime noob, Lauren. Hi, I am quickly learning that I am the disappointment in the title of this podcast because I no. still don't know what's going on. <laughs> No, no, no. You are not a disappointment. But let us talk real quick uh, before we jump into this anime about your history with the anime. Tell me, have you seen much? What have you seen? What did you think? It is extremely limited. I only saw like two episodes of a ballerina one when I was in college. Princess Tutu. Oh, Princess Tutu. Tutu. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember its name, but yes, that one. And then I know Sailor Moon exists. Yes, it does. Sailor Moon exists. Mm -hmm. Well, that's honestly great because while you might have a limited scope the scope you have had has been magical girls and mm-hmm. this week we are watching card capture sakura as we kick off magical girl month yeah well lauren uh why don't you tell me based off the name alone card capture sakura what were your first thoughts about what this anime was going to be about so i don't speak any sort of other language so japanese is as foreign to me as any of the others so i don't know if sakura is a term or something that i just like wasn't sure about so card captor i was like this has got to do with cards and that's as far as i'd gotten yeah honestly you're 50 percent right <laughs> wonderful <laughs> it's just like the girl Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Uh, so tell me once you saw the poster, were you like, oh, I get a little bit more or tell me what you thought. Okay. So then based on the poster, I went very dark actually. And I thought, okay, this is about murder twins. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about these murder twins. I mean, I guess these are the murder twins, right? The characters on the poster. Yeah. Cause there's this little boy and this little girl. And I was like, okay, clearly murder twins. Okay. That's fun. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So tell me about the green murder twin. (laughs) Okay, so that's the brother, right? And they run this like underground like casino game place and you go in... to like play games and you get trapped in these games because the only way to escape is to win but you can't win because guess what murder twins they're not gonna let you win it's so wild to me how little you know about anime and how much you already completely understand how anime works (laughs) you've already like combined four different anime (laughs) that are very (laughs) successful out there just write your own anime at this point i guess yeah the universe is telling me to (laughs) so tell me about the female murder twin does she have anything different about her she She is the head honcho. So she's the one who's like in charge of everything. She's a boss bitch. Can I swear on this podcast? Of course you can. Okay, great. So yeah, no, she's the boss bitch. She's the one you don't cross. The brother, the little green boy in the back, he like might have a moral compass, but that's like to be determined, you know? Okay. And then tell me about this little flying like plushy animal next to them. That I thought was like the spirit of the game that you were playing. So like that pops up and it's like, sorry, game over. And then you get to go back to start. Honestly, this is so fun. (laughs) I would watch the hell out of this anime. Seriously. Maybe we should riot. (laughs) (laughs) This is our path, you guys. This is it. This is what we're supposed to do in life is write this anime. (laughs) 
I honestly completely love your prediction about this <laughs> casino murder twin story. Murder twins. <laughs> so let's actually take a break and actually watch Card Capture Sakura to see how accurate that murder twin plot might be. So let's take a quick break. Let's watch episodes one and two, and then we'll come back and we'll see where we are. So everyone stay tuned. All right, we're back and we had Lauren watch episodes one and two of Card Capture Sakura. Lauren, tell me what did you think? I was just like slightly off from my just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. You like combine Kakaguri, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh. Unknowingly. Yeah, I guess. Corpse party. Completely unknowingly. That's what I love about it. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So yeah, no, she's um she's a baby. She's like a little kid. I was like, oh no. Yeah, she's a fourth grader. She's like straight up a fourth grader. Yeah, with like an extremely hot older brother. Extremely yeah. hot, right? Oh, yeah. God. So into that older brother. Yeah. I want to talk about what we saw, what our thoughts are. But first, let me get through some housekeeping about mm-hmm. Card Capture Sakura. So Card Capture Sakura is based on the manga by Clamp. Clamp is an all-female mangaka collective, which mangaka are the people who write manga. Okay. Clamp are some heavy hitters known for Magic Knight Ray Earth, another Magical Girl manga, Chobits, Triple X Holic, and Tsubasa, along with Card Capture Sakura. Clamp consists of Nanase Okawa, Mokono Apapa, Mik Nekoi, Satsuka Igarashi Now, and at the time of Sakura, also included Sei Nano. It was published in Nakiyoshi Magazine from May 1996 to June of 2000 for 12 volumes. There is currently a sequel manga called Card Capture Sakura Clear Card, which began running in July of 2016 and is still ongoing, which follows Sakura in junior high trying to capture, well, clear cards. The anime was directed by Morio Asaka and produced by Studio Madhouse for NHK BS2 from April 1998 to March of 2000 and ran for 70 episodes. In America, it was renamed Card Captors. So if anyone listening was like, that sounds vaguely familiar, that's probably why. Uh, and it aired on Kids WB, and so which meant it was highly edited, highly reworked, and yes. literally still told the entire plot in like the span of 39 episodes instead of 70. Whoa. But it, you know, it is what it is. You lose a lot of context that you way. You lose though. a lot of context, but you know what? It was a gateway for me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> the anime for Clear Card ran from January to June of 2018 for 22 episodes. In addition to this, there have been two movies, two audio dramas, 10 video games, three novels, and three card captures occur themed cafes in japan with all of that let's quickly break down episodes one and two in episode one we meet sakura who lives with her brother and archaeologist's father she has a crush on her brother's best friend and is best friends with tomoyo a wealthy girl at her school at home she is alone and hears a noise from her father's library and discovers the cloud cards she accidentally activates the windy card and sends the entire cloud deck flying into the world before awaking kerberos the guardian of the cloud he makes her a card capture to help fix the mistake she made and she successfully captures the fly card with the help of the windy card the next day tomoyo reveals she caught her on camera using magic and offers to help her be a real magical girl which excites kerberos who is nicknamed kero by tomoyo that night the shadow card runs amok at their school and sakura kero and tomoyo arrive before Tomoyo has Sakura changed into a more fitting outfit she designed for her to complete the magical girl look. Sakura, with the help from the Windy card and some light provided by Tomoyo, is able to capture the Shadow card and accepts her fate as a card captor. And that's episode one and two of Card Capture Sakura. Fun fact, Clamp, who uh, I've read so much of the work and I love them. They're actually all best friends from high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There was actually originally like six more of them that worked on like the first project, but then like they were like, eh. 
I'm gonna go get other jobs. But then the ones the collective stayed together and, you know, kept producing like powerhouse content. And you're really close with the murder twin, like kind of dark because Clamp does really dour, sometimes just like the most aggressively sad and like universe questioning kind of stories. And they honestly, a lot of the group didn't really want to do Sakura because they didn't want to make a magical girl manga that was going to be that dour, you know, that sad. And then the other girl was like, no, 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 it's fine. And then they were like, well, we don't want to have the typical transformation. It's boring. They're always stuck in the same outfits. And something you need to know about Clamp is they go hard on all their outfits across all their work. I mean, you can tell just based on the costume changes and the first two episodes, I was like, dang. Which is like, a big play on the magical girl genre. So in the magical girl genre, transformation is a big part of it. Like when I become the full realized magical girl, my outfit changes. But what I love is in this one, it's like, no, her outfit doesn't change. But her best friend, who is like a fashion designer and seamstress, will make her a new outfit every episode. Every single one. (laughs) You know how there's like a lot of art books that are released by the creators? Clamp has a lot of fashion art books. That would make sense. Okay, I get the vibe better than I did with the poster. So, I mean, Lauren, you tell me, like, this is really kind of like your first foray into anime in a long time. But outside of just like your thoughts on like whether it was good or bad, because we can get to those later. Mm. Just how was it reintroducing it to the genre with already so limited exposure? Overall, it was really good. I liked like the wistfulness of it. It felt very childlike and it felt very whimsical. So I was like, this is really adorable. And I remembered all of the different like expressions that they use in anime, like the little signs they use when you're angry and like all of that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing this briefly (laughs) for a couple of episodes. (laughs) So it was like it took me right back to that time. And I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I love that. Speaking about this anime specifically, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Anything you wanted to bring up? No, not specifically. So I watched this YouTube video by YouTuber Grex, and he made some wonderful points. Basically, he's just like, this isn't a show about magic. It is a slice of life, and just magic Mm -hmm. happens to be in this universe. I was like, yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. He points out like the older people actually act like older people. Like they're responsible, they care, and like it's very realistic. Whereas like there's a lot of absent parents. Like you saw in the first two episodes that the dad is very present, very loving, very mm-hmm. affectionate. Yeah. Dads are just very un- like absent in a lot of Japanese media. A lot of that is because of like the workaholic culture that is very present in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, fathers are rarely home. They're rarely around and a lot of kids grow up really not knowing their father very well and a lot of wives grow up like have to raise the kids by themselves and really don't know their husbands that well after a certain point either and so I mean they have a whole work culture that's kind of tied but separate where like people literally work themselves to death it's a whole thing yikes but that's like the Japanese father drama there's even um, this syndrome that housewives go through when their husbands retire because they don't know how to live with their husbands being around that often they go insane oh my goodness well this is not that for sure (laughs) yeah no she just has indiana jones dad she has indiana jones that i wrote the same thing i was like okay come on indiana jones and he's hot and he's hot and has a very hot son and a hot dead wife well that's actually pretty controversial that that she's dead or that she's hot yeah no it's so controversial that she's dead no um 
the relationship he had with her. And this is what I like about it. There's actual like consequences of toxic tropes from other anime because basically you find out that like she was a college student and like her family's completely against that because he was like older because he was her professor okay it really strains all the family dynamics like with um her mother's side of the family and i like that because a lot of times like grooming is kind of an okay thing not kind of grooming is a completely fine thing huge age gaps totally allowed Mm -hmm. it's it's like really packaged as romance so i love that there are consequences and it does affect family bonds that becomes like a huge kind of internal struggle with Sakura and her family. That's awesome. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of that like family context in the first few episodes, but I like that that's something that continues to play out throughout the rest of the anime. It makes it more real and like you said, slice of life. So this cute. I like it. <laughs> I guess just my other point about the whole anime as a whole, again, influenced by Grex, is homosexuality is completely fine. It's completely normal. And it's not like a taboo thing. Like, uh-huh, what? <laughs> Same sex? Gender? Oh, my God. And like, it's a total normal thing. And that's beautiful. I love that. Okay, because uh, her friend was like totally in love with her, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. You, I'm glad you picked up on that. Okay. Because like, for some reason, and I think it's just internalized homophobia. That's not here nor there. People like are sometimes like, no, they're, best they're not. Friends. Stop being weird. But like, no one talks about their friends like this. Yeah. No. Um, no. I was reading a bunch of articles, like, making it make sense canon, and it just, it's very, like, she does notice that it will always be unrequited, so she's, like, completely fine being her best friend. She does kind of take it to creepy levels by constantly filming her and constantly <laughs> watching those videos, but that's the only thing that she can do romantically. Can you imagine if, like, tomorrow I was just like, Lauren, I really need you to know... I think you're so beautiful that I'm going to film you 24-7. <laughs> and if I'm not filming you, I'm watching those videos. And I will be dressing you up <laughs> in clothes that I think make you look hot. Fully dress you up. Yep. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, so I think this friendship might need to like be reevaluated. Okay, so it was borderline creepy when Sakura went into the room. The, the screening room. I was just sitting there gazing wistfully at her. <laughs> fighting off these car oh, demons god. i was like oh my god but at the end i can also say i think tomoyo is literally the cutest character i've ever seen in any anime she is adorable like, she is so adorable and she just she has such a like fun bubbly and bright personality every time she was on screen and skylar can attest to this i was literally like why is she the best character she is so she's so <laughs> cute and she honestly she has hair goals like i had hair envy watching her bounce around on screen i was like your hair is gorgeous and wonderful and i get it because you're like stupid rich but like get it girl and i mean like the fact that like a i hate this as in a reality too because like come on have flaws people right but i love hate the i am super rich but i'm also super nice and super generous mm -hmm. right fred it's constantly just the way Sakura is funded outfit-wise. Right, yeah, we had to make an explanation for her constant outfit changes, and rich best friend, like, totally works. Like, yeah. she's so casual about it. I mean, I get it. They're in fourth grade, right? Like, she doesn't have any of that cultural context to understand how influential and powerful she can be. 
But just getting out and having all these bodyguards follow her. And she's like, yeah, these are the family bodyguards, whatever. Like, <laughs> this is just casual. Just like, this is her life. These hot lesbian female bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, that was the best thing. There's no sexism. No. They love strong female characters. That was really awesome. I think this was the first time I'd seen anything like this where I was like, I think there are more females in this than men. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because like they have all the bodyguards yeah. and then the two main female characters and then just like a couple of boys but like whatever and a lot of those boys have very feminine traits Mm -hmm. like they are sensitive they are wonderful and caring and beautiful oh yeah like her her crush her brother's best friend oh yuki yukito he's so cute he was adorable There's another age gap here, but like when you're old enough, get it if you want it. So we see Sakura and her brother and he's doing the typical like brother thing, right? Mm -hmm. Just teasing her. It's that whole thing. It's great. It's realistic. Very realistic. An ongoing bit in the show is that he has like 50 million jobs that, you know, part-time jobs that he's switching between. And like Sakura is like, how? How are you a worker? Anytime I step into a store or like go to anything, he's even like a worker at one of her like school events and stuff. And it's so cute. (laughs) It's very like, oh, like he just is really motivated. And it's actually him quitting jobs to make sure that he is a job closer to her to keep an eye on her. Oh, my God. That's the cutest thing. (laughs) Because he's so like standoffish and just like, oh, you're the worst ever. But he's actually a good big brother. I'm crying. Yes, he's very protective. Ugh, that's so sweet. Also, he's hella psychic. What? The brother. Not psychic enough to know that Yuki has like a whole other personality. he is. is. Whatever, we don't have to get into that. (laughs) That's drama. Um, The other male character, which is just the one you didn't get to see, but is a really important character in Mm -hmm. the anime, is Lee. So Lee's the the guy in the poster. Oh, the other murder twin. Yeah, I was like, I didn't see this murder twin boy anywhere. So he's kind of like the male counterpart to Sakura. He's a magical boy. Oh. Kind of. So he is like a member of like this clan of sorcerers from China who are kind of like also in charge of trying to contain the cloud cards. So he kind of comes to Japan and is like, hey. You're dumb. I hate you. You're a bad card captor. I'm a better card captor. okay. (laughs) Well, it's definitely like a a fourth grade boy interacting with a fourth grade girl. Got it. Okay, okay. Pulling her hair, shoving her down. I added a lot of um, context clips for later. So you'll be able to experience that. So I have a fun fact. When card captor Sakura came to the States via four kids, Taco Bell released a toy line for it. And they were super popular, super successful. And one of those items were a deck of the cloud cards. And conservative moms come to ruin the day again because they protested saying it was like tarot cards and Taco Bell is the (laughs) devil. Taco Bell was like, oh, I'm sorry, we'll end it. But all documentation shows they ended it at the exact same time they already (laughs) planned to end it. So they didn't actually do anything. They just lied to the conservative moms. Good. So like they were like, yeah, the promotion ends, you know, whenever January 29th in their internal Mm -hmm. dialogue. Right. And then the conservative moms were like, this is terrible. And they're like, we're so sorry. We're going to end it January (laughs) 29th. Good. Glad we can make a change. We're the people that change the world. Good for us. Oh, my God. (laughs) White religious privilege. Yeah. Conservative moms are the worst. 
So, I mean, to bring up the cloud cards are really cool. I think they're just a, such an interesting thing. This is where I kind of deviate from like the idea that this is just a slice of life with magic because magic is so ingrained into the show. Literally, the show wouldn't really mm-hmm. exist without it. Like, I understand the mentality of like, wow, they have so many human moments. But I think saying that that makes it more slice of life than it does magical girl is like diminutive of a storytelling of actually like embracing humanity i can understand that but i also think that it's it's focusing so much more on like the characters and their relationships and how they deal with all the obstacles that come up against them instead of focusing on the magic part of it i do agree like the magic's important right and i think this is like the contextual part that not saying you're missing but like slice of life anime are literally this is literally just my day-to-day life there's nothing this interesting is their day-to-day it. life they just happen to have some magic involved it's like harry potter you know yeah but like but then you could argue that almost anything is a slice of life at that point let's equate it to ancient magus bride because that is canonically a slice of life and they deal with magic every episode and it's a big part of their life but it's still in the slice of life category yeah but it's also boring (laughs) it's so beautiful no it's not you know i'm not saying it's not beautiful but like nothing really important nothing actiony nothing super cool happens in asian she gets fucking impaled so many times they're demon dogs there's demon cat there's a whole town of talking cats you can put things in a man that was killing them and they could all talk and they all ganged up to eat him alive yikes that seems fine that's whatever (laughs) i just feel like you can't sit here and say that like one of the most prototypical Magical Girl animes actually doesn't I'm fall into that category. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that people have like realized that like because of those human relationships, it does seem more of like a slice of life with magic in it. And it just it's great because it just like magic is a normal thing to a select few people. I agree with Skylar. I think it's um you know, it's the best of both worlds, like Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Well, great. You have you have the person who knows nothing about anime in your corner. Oh, Way to go, Scott. Okay, well, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the Windy card because mm. I know it's like the first card that we see, but design-wise, she is basically one of my favorite cards, her and the Mirror card, but she's gorgeous. And I love her. And she's the main one that Sakura uses because, again, she was the first. Mm -hmm. Do you understand, like, how she uses them as she catches them? Yeah, I thought that was super cool because right after she captured the fly card, she's able to fly. So I was like, okay, you gain the power of the card that you defeat. That's really sick. I was super into that. Right. And Yeah, Wendy is... She's stunning visually. I love all of the E cards. Like I love earthy, windy, the watery. Elementals. Like they're all the most beautiful and fiery. The elemental <laughs> <Yes>. E's. <laughs> Is that a band? Elemental E's. <laughs> the elemental E's. That sounds like a band. That's a great band name. Can I say I am a little salty that of all the cards, only one. You know, Skylar always gets mad when we're going through TikTok videos and they have like zodiac signs. Like it's like, oh, the zodiac signs is this, the zodiac signs is this. And she's always like, the Libras were left out, the <laughs> Libras were left out. But you know where the Libras were not left out? In the cloud cards, because the Libra is the only zodiac sign that has its <laughs> Good own cloud card. Good for them. Honestly, we stand. Clamp realizes the beauty and sophistication and chaos of a Libra. So now every time Skylar's like, oh, they left out Libra, I'm like, yeah, but you have a cloud card, so <laughs> shut up. That does beat everything else, kind of. My next tattoo. 
Oh, the Libra card. It's very beautiful. The Libra card allows uh, people to, it allows you to tell if someone's lying. Right. That's what that one does. Because um, it's oh like justice and balance. Balance. Um, that's so, so useful. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times in magical anime, you have them have like a mini attack and then you have them have an ultimate attack, which is the formula usually across the board. So the cloud cards lets her like shuffle through different powers per fight. And that's great. It's so cool because it keeps it fresh. It's not the same scene that's just been cut and then put into a different anime or put in a different episode the whole season. Yeah, that's super cool. I like that. The possibility with that is very exciting. So another trope of magical girl anime is is it's always monster of the week, which sometimes gets so boring because it's just so repetitive because it's very like, all right, Mm -hmm. monster, transform. Okay, um... Uh, mini attack. Okay, ultimate attack. Monster dead. And then that's just every single episode until like a big plot line. Whereas like Sakura is like, all right, I'm going to get dressed up by my best friend. Oh, um, this like monster of the week and I'm using air quotes. It's just so interesting and it is creating havoc and but it's doing it in such a realistic way of like what that card is. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that the cards are interacting with her world in different ways. It just keeps it so fresh and it's so creative and I like it because a lot of, uh, let's say Sailor Moon, it is someone getting possessed, turning into a monster, and then Sailor Moon, her crew, have to restore that person. And that's basically what it is until the next season when it's possession Mm -hmm. of um, inanimate objects. Shout out to Sexy Elephant Vacuum Lady. Does she have an oh, Instagram gosh. page? <laughs> I'll make her? one tonight. <laughs> I have no idea who this lady is, but I'm very intrigued. Well, and I guess to jump off of like the fact that like Clamp kind of decided to tell the story a little differently, something that's very unique about the way that Clamp has told their stories throughout is that they kind of have a shared universe in mm-hmm. between their anime. Which is really rare. They do kind of have an animatic universe, I guess. I'm the one that got to talk to PJ about Subasa Reservoir Chronicles, which is basically just less confusing Kingdom Hearts. You kind of know what Kingdom Hearts is, right, Lauren? I have a vague idea. I know it's Disney, and I know it's theme we use for our wedding. It is. Uh, We (laughs) do love Kingdom Hearts here. So essentially, the basic, basic, basic plot of Kingdom Hearts is: Hi, all of the Disney princesses are the princesses of light. If you steal like the light from them you can open kingdom hearts i'm very much paraphrasing very much like condensing but if you control kingdom hearts it's like this whole thing it's a power grab to like unleash darkness on the world but part of it is going to all these different worlds to try to like free the princesses of light or like you know reinstate the light in their world so subasa is like this alternate reality of card captors but also of all of their worlds and skylar can describe it a little bit better so you have triple x holic which is another piece of the work you have characters from their um, Chobits manga slash anime. And I swear to God, if you want a character that is questioning reality and existence because she's like an AI and you want to be sad, but it's also strikingly beautiful, watch Chobits. Anyway, so characters from that are in it. It's just, it's so great. And it's, um, the relationships between people are different. Like Sakura isn't a card captor. She's the princess of Cloud Kingdom. And then like her brother is also in it and he has a whole complete 
completely different role and it's just so cool the way they do it yeah it's very much like an alternate universe and essentially the plot is like lee the boy characters alternate in this world is older and sakura loses her memories and they get split across all the worlds and he has to go to each world to retrieve her memories so like kingdom hearts chain of memories whoa kind of ish chain not really. of I, I was like i don't know if you've played chain of memories <laughs> i tried remember we have it I've, and i was bored Chain of Memories is, I think, my most played Kingdom Hearts game. Mine is Birth by Sleep, baby! So I did not know that Tsubasa had an anime until very recently. For anyone that wants to watch it, it is on Funimation. And you know it's a character that's in all of these anime, but I think it's super hot and underappreciated. And Skylar, you might know who this is, but uh, Lauren, you won't, obviously. But it's Clow Reed. Oh my god. So Cloud Reed is okay. like the guy that invented the cloud cards. Like he created them and he also Oh the sorcerer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he created the cards and he also created UA and Cerberus, which we don't need to get into UA, but UA, if you know Card Captain Sakura, yeah, I've already you, referenced him. UA is sexy as fuck. <laughs> uh but he's like <laughs> the super hot sorcerer. And I mean, God, everyone in this in these animes is just so hot. So Clowry straight up looks like her dad with long hair. He does. I thought that too. I was like going through the backstory being like, wait, is this her dad? And I didn't know. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Um, twist. It's interesting because like it could tra- the, the cloud cards can transfer owners and that's like how it happens with Sakura. And it's a whole thing. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of hot cloud read, I think, you know, going to the creator of the cloud, realistically, the reason that Cardcaptor Sakura exists, going from beginning to end to beginning again, is a good place to stop for now and talk about the music of Cardcaptor Sakura. Yes. So let's talk about the intro and outro song for Cardcaptor Sakura. So that opening song is Catch You Catch Me by Gumi. Lauren, tell me what you thought of that opening song. It was super fun. It was really catchy. I liked the tempo and I liked that it got like faster and faster. As you listened, it got me all pumped up for the show that was coming that I didn't know anything about. It was cute. Yeah, I actually really liked this intro. The first time I heard it, I was very caught off guard, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. But I think it's super cute. It's super bubbly. It's super poppy. You know, it's got... Honestly, obviously completely different location, genre of time, but it's got very early K-pop feel. Yeah. Mm. Um, which I really love about it, but it slaps. It has a lot of horns and I love it. And it does like, it does make it so poppy and it makes it like a lot more orchestral. And it's great. And it gives me such, I kept, okay. So I kept like bouncing between generations of music and i it it was very difficult for me but i think i think i'm satisfied for what i landed on well it's cute i love it and the visuals are stunning it really gives you they are it really gives you um a feel for what you will be seeing visually and it doesn't do that thing um that a lot of anime openings do where they give you like a bunch of spoilers it's just something really cute and it keeps it unexpected yeah it gives a really good overview of what sakura's life looks like and who she is but not what's gonna happen and i thought that was really cute yeah i love it so let's talk about the closing song then which is groovy by komi hirose uh lauren what do you think of that oh my god i was like this is so 90s it was adorable little the little lion thing what's her name his name Kuros? uh kerberos yeah kerberos but they go by caro by the by the end of episode two like running around the world i was like oh my god 
this is taking me right back to my childhood. I I was into it. I liked the intro more, I think, but the outro was still super fun and it kept it at that super bubbly, childlike, high energy sort of level. Right. I completely agree. I really like the closing song. I do agree. It's not as good as the opening song. And I also agree. I think it's almost overshadowed by the visuals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where he's just big and like running on the little earth. Which is like, I yes. mean, like it's a trope from old like 90s anime outros. Like Dragon Ball Z has basically a similar outro with Gohan running over over the earth. Right. Like it's, you know, it's a mini trope. But yeah, I, I really like it. A lot of times those endings are used as like just a form of levity. And so it's always like a good break and a good transition. I think it's cute. I agree that it's definitely not as good as the opening, but I do not mind listening to it. All right. So then with those thoughts uh, out there, let's jump into uh, our podcast segment. What modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros or outros? So, Lauren, we gave you a brief rundown of kind of how this section works. But I'm curious, Mm -hmm. especially because to our listeners, Lauren just doesn't know. She has a very limited scope on like music and movies and TV and everything. That is correct. But music, I think, is where you know the most variety. It's true. Outside of books. Outside of books. Outside of books. But my tastes tend to go towards the very old-fashioned. And I mean old-fashioned in, like, big band swing music of the 30s and 40s. Right. And there's a lot of horns. There were a lot of horns. And I was like, I, I super appreciate this. As far as, like, contemporary artists go, I know... Very little. So I went based off of like that super upbeat, pop, happy sound that I'd heard. Uh, for the intro, I was thinking something because she's done a lot of covers for a lot of animated movies recently. Uh, it was Megan Trainer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I like Megan. She Trainor. does dabble in that very vintage, um, like the Marvin Gaye song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she definitely like jumps in and out of very classic, very vintage um, music styles. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I really like that. I went more towards like the bright hyper poppiness of it, uh, and mm-hmm. I went with Carly Rae Jepsen. I knew you were gonna go with Carly. Well, Rae I'm Jepsen. sorry, it's a good Unsurprising. choice. <laughs> I need to keep like a tally of like every time I, you it's mention been, like, her. Twice, oh, oh, mention her a lot more. I think it's how many times I've no, picked I mean, her. I like, it's been like twice. Her. <laughs> you're like uh when we get new hosts i'm allowed to choose her again <laughs> every time there's a new person i get to choose carly ray again <laughs> it erases the whole thing because they have not yet experienced her <laughs> i will not get dragged for filth for using her again <laughs> all right what about you skylar you're so original not carly ray jepson choice okay so um i actually had you know how like fun this game is for me and um, how like confident I get about this. So I'm like confident, but I have to explain. <laughs> um, so I kept jumping between 90s and the 70s because, again, the mm-hmm. 70s have a lot of horn in it. And with like the 90s, I was thinking of like Smooth Santana, your favorite other person that's in that from Matchbox 20. I feel like we're listening to different songs. <laughs> no, I just like I kept jumping from that and then I jumped to Steal My Sunshine. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cute. There's a lot of, you know, up uh, upbeat things." But then I went with Blondie's Heart of Glass. Ooh. 
they I'm have the because the problem I was having a lot of 70s singers sing it at a much like deeper pitch. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, the vibes are there. The voice isn't there. And like usually that's totally fine. Like you can't you don't have to match up the vocal stylings. It's just something that like is a challenge to me. And I like to try to get to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Blondie, she sings at higher register. All her music so like upbeat and high, and it, it does have that high energy. I would listen to that song. I listen to the hell out of that song. Yeah, no, I think that's a great choice. I, I appreciate the video essay on why you chose this one specific song. <laughs> so let's move on to the closing song, uh, which was "Groovy" by Komi Hirose. Uh, Lauren, tell me who did you think for that? I went. For no specific reason other than I wanted to keep it in the same upbeat, very poppy, very contemporary vibe, I went with Haley Steinfeld. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, No other reason. (laughs) Oh, I really like Haley Steinfeld for it. Uh, I think it's been a while since I've listened to Haley Steinfeld's music. So I'm trying to like recall. She went from music to acting to music so quickly. <laughs> I went because she did the, the like Gem in the Holograms, the I Love oh, Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that vibe, but into this groovy song. Okay. Right. The the gem is all 80s, which again, I've explained in other episodes. The 80s are all about drama. So much drama. Yeah. So I went with, again, more of a vintage feel, but I went with the Supremes because, like, they have the same energy. Like, it keeps going and it stays consistently upbeat and it's cute. And again, they match the vocal register. See, I went similar to you. I went with the emotions. Wow. Okay. I was considering the emotions and I was like, they probably don't want to do the emotion or they probably won't understand who the emotions are because like I'm. They have such a famous song though. You know, they have that. I know, I know, I know. Because I feel like this song literally (laughs) sounds like best of my love. Um, I just feel like the Supremes ha- is a little bit more dynamic of an answer, which is why I went with it. But I completely oh. agree. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, like the name. No, 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 is no, no. Let me be clear. Across- I just made a better choice, PJ. No, no, oh, no, no. That's God. not what I'm saying. Because again, That's I what heavily. You said. Okay, well, shut up. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I heavily considered them, and I just went with the Supremes because I think it was similar enough. I really liked it, and I feel like to people that don't listen to a lot of music, the Supremes is more of a is a name that people recognize more. Does that make sense? Yes, I I understand where you are coming from and where PJ is coming from. They're both solid choices. So okay. So Skylar being mean about my answer regardless. I was not mean. Just insanely just rude. A, I had to bleep her out. It's just a misunderstanding. Uh, she's, she's just cursing up a storm right now if you hear the bleep in the background. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, so uh, all of that aside, I think it's time for me to dry my tears with some good old-fashioned, terrible American versions of anime. <laughs> Uh, because we're going to play, uh, we're going to do my second favorite segment of all time, which is American versus Japanese OP. So, Lauren, as we had mentioned earlier, we, the uh, card captures was shown in America, highly edited, highly redone. And right. uh, at the end of the day, I, I watched it as a kid and I really enjoyed it. But obviously, looking back on it, it was, you know, very highly removed from what it was. They took a lot of the heart out, but they kept a lot of stuff in. But something that they Mm -hmm. took out was the opening song and put in this. And I need you to listen to this and tell me which do you prefer, the American opening or the Japanese opening? Oh, no. 
shadow wood, sword, thunder, power, sleep, card, captors of the cloud, expect the unexpected now. The secrets of the cloud were all a mystery. Card captors, a mystic adventure. Card captors, a quest for all time. We've got to find them to bring the power home. Card captors of the cloud, expect the unexpected now. Card captors. All right, Lord, wow. tell me what did you think of the American <laughs> opening to Card Captors? Oh my God, that felt so ninety. It's <laughs> I... uh, it is such a product of its time. It feels like they went to whatever same production recording company did all the Disney Afternoon opening songs, and they were like, "Hey, can yeah. you do like this anime opening real quick?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure. I have like five minutes. Here you go." <laughs> Seriously. But you know what? It's the best five minutes anyone's ever put to pe- put pen to paper for. <laughs> Shut up. I preferred the original opening. And I respect that. I respect that truly and deeply. But this song slaps astronomically. <laughs> I don't even think he's that great of a singer, though. Is this a man? I thought it was a man. I thought, I thought this was, was a, a woman. I don't think so. Oh, I thought it, it was like a male. like a very soulful woman to me. It sounded like a very okay. tenor man. If it's a soulful woman, great job. Beautiful. If it's a tenor man, no. See, I always thought <laughs> it was Sorry, a soulful man. woman, which obviously made it double slap. Sure. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. A woman would make it double slap. I don't think he sings bad, but it's kind of like what Lauren said, where it's like, yeah, here's five minutes. He does sing well, but that's, a that's little like lazy. That's like the big thing with like... I disagree. Uh, but that's a big thing with like American <laughs> openings around this time. They were like, what if we just told you the basic plot? <laughs> you know, like they were yeah. like, like, there's no nuance. There's no uh, it's anything like they're literally like, here are the names so of the cloud many. cards. Let me tell you the basic plot of the cards. The secret of the cards. It was all a mystery. And, you know, the power <laughs> was set free. Card captures a mystic adventure. Card captures a quest for all time. And I'm just going to um, scream the title at you a couple times. So, you know exactly what anime you're watching. <laughs> Ch- so Ch- Chippendales, Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Chippendales, Rescue Rangers. But they do that thing where it's like they spoil half the show. Like a lot of the clips that I use for the context clips were in this opening. It's the same thing with like the Dragon Ball opening. Because when we did our Dragon Ball Z episode, the Dragon Ball Z opening has like clips for like the first three seasons in it. Like <laughs> the first so, three seasons. Yeah. For Card Captor specifically, they did this and they showed all the magic stuff because, like, you want to rope in the boy audience because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, there's action. That's why they show, like, the dragon in it and everything. Yeah. And it's just like, it's too, like, like let's make double money because this is a show usually marketed towards girls. Well, that's the big mm-hmm. problem, right? Is they, I mean, in the editing, they took out a lot of that, like, slice of lifey stuff. They kept most mm-hmm. of the action. They rebranded it. This isn't Card Captor Sakura. That's a girl's name. We're just Card Captors. Card Captors. There's a boy Card Captor. Don't worry about it. It's action. Stop Stop asking <laughs> if this is a girl's show. Also, the English voice of Sakura, so bad. Like, I found some of the clips I wanted, but it was only an English dub. And I was like, I can't subject anyone to this. This is um, the worst. But you know what? When you're a little kid, this is so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah no. As as a child, I think I would have been super into this. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as an adult looking at the two, 
I so, prefer the original. Can I just say, 90s, 90s anime voice acting was just, 90s and early 2000s anime voice acting was just so hit or miss. You either had like true gold, like Cowboy Bebop and Evangelion, or you had almost everything else. <laughs> almost everything. A little fun story is I was watching Cardcaptor Sakura and PJ came in and was sitting down probably for like a nostalgia film and the opening was on and he was just like, what the fuck is this? I was like, it's the opening. (laughs) It's the opening. And he was like, no, it's not. And I was just like, yeah, yes, it is. Like, and he's like, is this the original opening? And I was like, of course. And then he showed me um, the four kids version. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And like, like, he's very like, listen to this superior opening. (laughs) He was like, hashtag not my opening. Well, because I was like, what cutesy little thing is uh, Catchy Catchy from? And she's like, Card Captors Current. I was like, no, inaccurate. Card Captors <laughs> has this opening. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. And PJ was like, uh, well, have you heard the Japanese version of Yu Gi Oh or Pokemon? And I was like, That's no. That's not how that conversation was toned, but okay. Yeah, I know. It was actually like more conversational. I was like, I mean, we haven't watched the Japanese version of Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. Still inaccurate. I don't like the version of me <laughs> you're presenting in this story. <laughs> I don't like this version you're presenting at all. Um, but anyways, I went and I listened to the Yu-Gi-Oh! opening, the original. It fucking slaps. It's so good. I mean, not that Lauren has context for what either one sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we can agree to disagree on... No, I know it's not great, (laughs) but you know what? It's so... It's just the right amount of cheesiness for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun. I laughed. It makes me smile. Yeah, it brings... You know, and it definitely would lure you in a little bit, right? You're like, huh, a mystic adventure? A quest for all time? Tell me more. As a child, that would have hella impressed me. I would have been like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah, let's do this. Oh, gosh. Well, all of that said, I think it's time we take a quick break. Let's watch some additional context and come back with our closing thoughts, closing segments. So we'll be right back, everyone. All right, we're back and we had Lauren watch some additional clips, get some additional context, see some additional cards. Lauren, after all that, tell me, what did you think? I'm super impressed. I mean, this started, the show started not slow, but just, you you know, setting everything up and it becomes like really magical by the end of it. So I agree what you were saying earlier, PJ, where you were like, magic is such a big part of this world. I still see the slice of life element, but it becomes magical as hell by the end. (laughs) Magical as hell, girl. (laughs) Hell girl is another fun anime. It is. Hellgirl is a very different kind of anime. Yes, it is. <laughs> is that Murder um, Twins? Kind of, actually. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, a few quick things before we move on to some stuff. I, I realized we never talked about Mei Ling. Right. Who Mei Ling is Lee's cousin and fiance. What? No, what? It is what it is. It is what it is. This is some Charles Darwin shit. It's like, you know what happens a lot in like royal families where like you're married off to like your cousins and stuff? Yeah, to like keep the bloodline. Keep the bloodline. That's exactly what's happening with the Lee family. Okay. Are they actually in love or is this just predestined? Um, oh, no. She's definitely into into Lee. Lee is like... Into no one. Leave me alone, girl. Well, actually... I'm, in a, I'm into the sword. Well, not that. <laughs> He's He actually has a huge crush on Yuki and Sakura and him are constantly fighting over him. Oh. So, like, that crush is more like a... Oh, I just like really sensed his high moon power, which is like such a gay thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's so, oh my God. So Sakura has her best friend who's a girl who's totally crushing on her. And then Lee has his crush on Yuki. So this is very gay friendly. Homosexuality is very normalized. Well, sexual, a very sexual in general, because also Lee is also, I mean, it's not hard to kind of predict, eventually gets into Sakura, too. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, it's an anime, you know, so there's a lot of romance and a lot of stuff happening. Sure. But so then talking, getting through that, let's get to, did you end up with a favorite character throughout all of this? The best friend, Tomoyo. She's <laughs> yes. so sweet. And she like didn't change even like in the later clips and stuff. She's still that same bubbly, adorable, supportive best friend who's just always there for Sakura. And I love her. I'm like viscerally like just so obsessed with <laughs> Tomoyo. <as a laughs> Much character. like how she's obsessed with Sakura. Yeah, <laughs> I am that for Tomoyo. Are you always like filming her and then watching her? Lovingly in your I guess cinema. you could argue that that's anything. Anytime I'm watching Card Capture Sakura, I guess. There you go. <laughs> Don't be surprised. <laughs> what about you, Skylar? It's definitely Toya, the brother. Oh, the hot brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just so, and, and you didn't really get to see it, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's just so much more to his character that you don't find out, and he, like, truly is, like, part of Sakura's world without without her knowing it. Mm. Yeah, he's pretty great. I did like him, so. Also, he's gay as, gay as hell. Also, gay as hell. With all of that said, I think it's time we get to the big question. You know, reality, humanity has always wondered, what is the big question? From person to person, generation to generation, society to society, people have different definitions of what is a big question, whether it's what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? Uh, where did this giant stone pillar come from and why should we worship it? Mm. But the really true big question out there is, Lauren, will you keep watching Card Capture Sakura? Uh, yeah, this is, I was super into this. I love the magic. I love the relationships. I have to keep watching to find out how cool the brother is, right? Yes, truly. Yeah. <laughs> Skylar, Skylar Sands. <laughs> well, we love that. That is a quiet success in the book. Uh, you love to see it. And honestly, I agree. It's just, it's a fun anime. It's got a lot of positives, whether it's its representation, it's playing with the genre. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, with that quiet success in the book, then it's time for America's favorite podcast segment. Is there an AMV for that? AMV. Anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? All right, Lauren, so let me explain the rules to you real quick. Uh, I'll also give you a quick breakdown of what an AMV is. An AMV is an anime music video. That is where someone takes clips from an anime and edits, edits them together and puts a popular song on top of it um, to kind of, whether it captures the emotion or is more on the nose, it can be up to the creator. So what I want you to do is give me a song and artist. So you're going to get a point for each song artist in anime. Uh, those are the rules. Hit me with your song and artist for Card Capture Sakura. I definitely kept the time uh, that the show premiered in mind. And so I was thinking, like, what was that song when I was a young girl that, like, got me all up in my feelings? And I ended up with Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Ooh, interesting. 
That is three points in the book because there Ooh, is an MV to break away by Kelly Clarkson for Sakura because she does spread her wings. And learns how to fly. <laughs> and learn how to fly. <laughs> so that is a solid, solid three points in the book. Wow. Uh, a way to go for someone with no context. Kind of the background you have. So little context. Killing it on the AMV game. Oh my god. I would like to thank the Academy and everybody else. You know, my mom, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> well, you love to see it. But Lauren, there is a secret point that maybe you don't know that much about. Uh, no. <laughs> so with that said, it's time for our super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Is there an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? For Cardcaptor Sakura. The thing is, Lauren, Mm -hmm. Bring Me to Life is such a staple song across the anime board. (laughs) There's usually always an AMV for it. Usually. And of course, you know the song, right? I do know the song, yes. So do you think there will be one? 100% there's going to be one. Not even a question. Of course, there are many, many Bring Me to Life <laughs> AMVs to card capture Sakura. So that is four <laughs> points on the board, a kawaii success on the board, and a successful guest spot by my dear friend, Lauren. But with all of that said, I think that is where we are going to call it. Do either of you have any uh, final thoughts? I had a great time. Thank you both so much for bringing me on. I would never have watched this otherwise, and I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. And that's the magic of this podcast. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you had a great time, because that is the end of our time. I hope you all, our listeners, had a good time, a fun time, a car time, a cloud time, a caro time, a gay time, a lesbian best friend who's obsessed with filming you time. But that is the end of our time. And until next time, We hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. And historians were correct. They were just best friends. I've been Skylar. And I'm excited to maybe come back one day. I've been Lauren. All right. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. 